Welcome to the FPL Blues podcast. You have Brian behind the mic today and no bucks as he's suffering from the sniffles. But we're thrilled to bring on a guest host this week in FPL Paz. Paz, how are you doing today? I'm doing well today. Just looking forward to a great pod and and talk about double game week and blank game week 25, which is a unique, unique game week. So it's exciting. It's uh, different strategies are coming into play, chip strategies. So it's it's a big one. After last week, that was a very, very boring week when everyone just rolled their transfer. I feel like here's where we hit the ground running. Yeah, there's a lot of variance that's going to be coming every which way yeah. as we see what punts like a Gakpo in midfield or somebody going for a TAA or Robbo. There's going to be a lot of interesting things coming up with Liverpool and Arsenal assets. So um, just uh, for the listeners, let's get to know you a little bit more. So uh, you live in Miami and have been a long-term um, FPL player, right? So I live in Miami, been playing FPL very casually. So I discovered it with my cousins from Ecuador. I discovered the game probably in 2011 because I used to play a lot of fantasy football, like NFL okay. uh, and basketball. And then I used to go to South America every summer when I was like in school, in high school. And then I was like, hey, there has to be a fantasy soccer somewhere, right? Like I'm playing all these games. So we just ran into the Premier League and we, we used to always watch the Premier League. And yeah, I just played very casually for a few years there. Um, and then I think since 2011 and then... Never checked, never checked overall rank. I had no idea what that was. <laughs> I had no idea what like strategies was. I would take I would take hits for goalkeepers because they weren't playing. Or if they had a bad matchup, for example, if like they were playing Man City but they had like a run of three good fixtures later, I'll be like, let me just keep that player. Uh and then I started uh, at the end of twenty twenty one season, I started just kind of figuring out that hey, I have some free time coming up. So let me just I started doing well towards the end of the year, and then 2022, last year, I was like, hey, let me just start digging into YouTube and see what's going on there. Like, maybe I can get really good at this game, and I just <laughs> ended up finding out new things. I was like, oh, wow, there's a huge community here. Yeah, massive, massive community, right? Like, I think when I first started playing FPL, I was taking minus 16s just, like, every week to keep up with random people in yeah. my, like, 10-person mini league, and that's all I knew. Didn't know anything about OR. Didn't know anything about chip strategy, all the rest. So looks like we've come a long way. And you had a fantastic year last year or was it the year before? No, last year. So the year before, I think when I was playing very casually um, and I did end up as a casual, I did remember that year I ended up with uh, Lingard, who I remember he just went on a, on a tear and then Ian Nacho also went on a tear. So I went back and checked my rank and I think I finished 220, 219, okay, which for taking that many hits, I was surprised. <laughs> um, and then last year, I finished 804th. Ooh, triple digits. Wow, Paz. Yeah. Triple digits. That's impressive. Looking back at it, I mean, it was insane, honestly. Anything that could go right went right. Like, I I think the only bad thing I ever did was probably... Not bad. I mean, you obviously, there's a little mistakes. I think triple captain... Not triple captain. Uh, captain Dennis in that double game week was, you know, the biggest bad thing of that season but everything else just hit on all cylinders like i kept facing son and he went on the crazy run um those type of things helped a lot now you always get to carry that uh triple digit score with you so um i'm sure you're trying to beat that pr every year now yeah for sure for sure that's the best part about that that you, that you can always uh remember that you know i finished there's some top managers that have never finished in the top 1k you know they have they're, they're consistent throughout the 
their season. But that was fun. That was fun. I was actually, I think I was maybe three points behind a top 1K going into the last week. And I was just like, let me, I took a hit for Kane. And I think, yeah, I took a hit for Kane. And I was like, let me just do it. It's going to help me push. And he balled the last game. I had Kulusevsky son. So that was a great, great nice. end of the season. That's awesome, man. So uh, who is your team that you uh, support? Do you support a specific you, team or is your FPL team your main source of joy? <laughs> that's a joke. Now my friends, they tell me that I have been more, I'm a United fan, but they've, since I started playing FPL more seriously, they're like, well, you're not really a United fan. You just care about your team. <laughs> um, so I think I'll call myself a very good United fan, uh, but I do want my FPL team to do well. So it, it depends. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I mean, both Bucks and I support Chelsea, and it's been a very pessimistic year and uh, a lot of uh, a lot of downs, unfortunately. So I would definitely, at the moment, <laughs> prioritize uh, my FPL team better than Chelsea. But to be honest, both are not doing that well. So uh, it's it's one of those uh, situations where I hope I can turn things around, and so can Chelsea. That was a good thing about last season for me. I feel like I could ignore United for most of the year and didn't have any issues you know they were just not doing well so i mean you get rid of toxic ronaldo and all of a sudden things turn around <laughs> so um you know we, we love the way that they're looking right now especially with rashford and bruno and shaw being at the top of fpl minds across the community so uh it's great man well thanks again for joining us on the pod and uh we'll, we'll have you give a shout out to a few places to find you later but uh let's just jump into the double game week 24 recap of our scores and uh we'll start uh with me because I'm leading the line. I had 64 points this game week. It was one of my best game weeks because I stuck to my guns last week when on the pod I said I was going to captain Rashford and I stuck it out and he delivered some great variants. I'm not going to lie, I was rooting for Holland to blank and he could have easily had two goals and instead he got two points. So that went my way. And then in bed, you know, out here on the West Coast, I was watching under the covers, you know, 6.30 a.m. And Rashford comes through with his first goal and then he tags on another one. And uh, I almost woke up my wife because I like jumped out of the bed when he got the second goal. And then it was ruled off because of he was offside. And then after that bar rules him onside. So that's that's variance, baby. So that was that was big for me. The only thing that went very poorly was this mother bleeper dunk i brought him onto my onto my team on a wild card 17 time frame and he's just lost clean sheets in the 90th minute 88th minute because rob sanchez the monster can't hold on to the ball very frustrating owning him so his clean sheet got wiped uh, in the 88th minute that was only a really bad thing uh for me this week and then owned Saka and odegaard for some points as well how did you do I did decent. I wish I would have stuck to my guns. Um, I got 52 points. And I commend people like you that, that Captain Rashford, because I was all week, I was kind of like, you know what? I should probably Captain Rashford. I was 122. I think I went down like 8K, so 130 now. But I was like, hey, you know what? I really have nothing to lose. Like, let me just go in and try to make that push. Uh, but I didn't. I stuck with Holland just for fear of him getting a hat trick like he did last time against Forrest. I wish I would have gone with the Rashford route. Obviously, hindsight uh, speaking, but it would have been hard. I'm not sure how you did it, but it would have been hard watching that that Forest game without Holland captain and without De Bruyne because I had Mars only. So oh, I gotcha, gotcha. Very, very hard to end. 
Actually, it would have been no city because I would have not Captain Holland. I would have no De Bruyne. Mars didn't play. And I have Ake, who has been my worst transfer in all season. Um, in <laughs> hey, man, so don't, don't, don't no feel too bad played. about that. Don't feel too bad about that because I have a Kanji who I hit in last week. So uh, over the uh, course of three games, he's got me a total of two points. So uh, that's that's been frustrating too. City defense has been an absolute disaster this year. Terrible, um, terrible. But yeah, I mean, I think, again, it's a, it's a big variance play like holland probably should have had 10 plus points he could easily have braced in that game and there wouldn't have been much in between the captaincy but this time around you know when you play lester especially in a home fixture lester is not going to park the bus right they're going to go for it they have quality attackers they're going to spread the ball across the pitch and they're going to be opportunities to counter and yeah, that was that was just beautiful. See Rashford on two of those uh, opportunities put in the back of the net. So you weren't too far off from a big score. At the same time, you still outscored the average. I think the game week average this week was 45 points. And that is where our guy Bucks, the other co-host, who is not here to talk about his rubbish game week, it made him sick to his stomach. Or maybe his little uh, toddler got him sick from school or whatever. But he ended up with 47 points all out. And he also got Martinelli last gasp goal, which was very, very jammy. That that one was a, a big moment for a lot of FPL players. I did not want that to happen. I have Saka, Odegaard, and Necktie right now. And so those three players, I'm always rooting for to get points. And I moved off of Martinelli in the previous double game week, that uh, 23 that Arsenal had. So this one's been tough to see that six-pointer come in and have Martinelli have the same amount as soccer this week in terms of fpl points six apiece yeah same that's it i did the same thing i went from martinelli to soccer and then i also got odegaard in and yeah the fact that he's been that he's been keeping up i guess in a way with them after you tr- i took a hit to take him out it's been kind of frustrating but the minutes are there it was the right play you can't really you know you can't really complain that as much i mean martinelli was just a frustrating asset because everyone else was getting points and not him so now with Trotter coming in, I think it was the right decision. It was just those are the little points that I wish I had back. Like when he was taken off on the what the fifty eighth minute or the fifty seventh minute, and you lose two points. Like those little points add up throughout the season. And I yeah, feel like sure. this season there's been a lot of that. Like we got the trend getting subbed off at the you know fifty ninth minute. Then we had Ben White at the fifty ninth minute. So it was it's been a lot of that this season. Yeah, and I think with the increased amount of substitutes that teams can make, we're seeing a lot of early subs, like 57-minute mark, and then you're just really hoping, like, oh, man, can they just stretch this out? Can you just fall over, get to the 60-minute mark? So uh, lots of people joining uh, FPL General's 59th-minute club this season. Um, all right, let's jump over to just quickly highlight the manager of the game week, and that is the Pensioners, a.k.a. Jack Sudar. He had a huge 76 Point score this week with Rashford captain for 30, Harkowski for eight, and then still had Bruno for 12 points. So well done to Jack Sadar. And thank you again for participating in the FPL Blues Super League on the fantasy game. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to jump into our preview of this rare blank and double game week 25. We'll be right back.
All right, welcome back. We have FPL Paz with us. We're going to preview the important double and blank game week 25. So to recap, the blankers we have this week include Manchester United, Newcastle, Brighton, and Brentford. And we have a few questions along the lines of discussing Shaw and Trips and what their value in your team might be able to provide in terms of alternatives. And then the doublers, the most important is Arsenal, Liverpool, Wolves, and Everton. So from the top, a question we've seen across the FPL community is, what do you think the ideal number of double game week players is this week? Yeah, I've seen that question all around the, the Twitter community. It's such a hard question to to answer. Just very, some people have you know the ability to get more or less. Um, some people have Bueno, some people have Patterson, right? Are, are you even counting those? Probably you count Bueno, you might not count Patterson. But I think having three Arsenal is definitely your baseline. You should have three Arsenal for sure. And then I think it depends on the manager you are, but I think if you are someone that likes to chase upside, I think having two Liverpool is also a great, you know, at least two Liverpool is also a great number. So we're looking at, you know, I think ideal, I would say, Minimum five, um, maximum, just don't go over what with minus eight. So maximum, whatever a minus four can get you, essentially, <laughs> you know, whatever a minus four can get you. I don't think you should take a minus eight, but if, if a minus four can get you six players or seven players, then that's, that's totally fine. I would, I would base it, I would base it on that, uh, but definitely have three Arsenal and then I would say try to get to Liverpool because even though they look bad recently and then good and then bad, so they're so inconsistent, you still want to have a piece of that action. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I think six is a good baseline number, and it's really the quality of the players that you have that have doubles versus the quantity, right? So like you said, Patterson, he's not going to bring you any joy. Maybe cameos for one point, but I think he came off on under-21s recently, so not expecting anything from him. So that's basically a zero. Bueno? Yeah, he, he could actually get you some points. So happily start him. Uh, a lot of managers brought him in at 3.9 or 4 million. So you'll hopefully just pray that he's going to get you a few points. But like you said, the triple up on Arsenal, everybody pretty much has that. So I guess the, the larger question is, would you take hits to get the top players in this week from Arsenal? So for example, a lot of people don't have Saka or Odegaard and they have a different form of a triple up with Martinelli. Would you use one of your free transfers or even take a minus four to possibly upgrade Martinelli to Odegaard or Saka given this double game week? And the fact that Arsenal do play in blank game week 28, which is also very important for players coming up. Very, very hard question there. For Saka, I would, especially if I want to captain him. Right, because then you're playing capacity right, right. into into the equation, um, and then it also depends. Hey, is, is that free transfer going to prevent me from getting to Liverpool just for another? You know, it adds a hit. So I think if my plan, if I don't have Salah yet or Nunez, some people still are holding on to them. Then I would use that final hit, for example, or that final free transfer for Marinelli to Saka um, or Odegaard. Uh, but I think if I think I would prioritize getting the Liverpool players, if I have my three Arsenal, just because I think Martinelli is going to start one of the games, you know, he might get 120 minutes. That's good enough for a double game week. He can score a goal and then the next person has to outscore him by four or, you know, because 
each transfer essentially four points because whatever the next transfer is going to cost you four points to take a hit, for example. So I think I think I would do it for Sokka uh, just because of captaincy. Yeah, that's fair. I think Sokka is borderline, quote-unquote, essential for this game week. So ideally, you have some team with both Sokka and a Liverpool attacker in it. That's going to be very common, very strong this week. So we'll see if a lot of the FPL community moves that way. I personally made the decision a couple weeks ago to shift my team and go for Sokka. And that's really helped me because I knew that I was going to get two double game weeks out of Arsenal. So taking a minus four before that was very helpful to get rid of Martinelli. And just seeing the shift in his playing time is is very worrisome. It's, it's hard to count on him. But like you said, and like we saw this weekend, you know, he's still obviously a capable player and he delivered us a lot of FPL points earlier in the season. So if you have him, you probably ride it out and just focus on bringing in the likes of Asala and Nunez, maybe TAA, and make sure that you have Liverpool coverage for this game week instead. All right, all right. So, you know, talking more and more about Liverpool, they're kind of the crux because (laughs) not many players in the community have, you know, anybody from Liverpool because they've been just such a crazy roller coaster of emotions and of uh, their team performances. But when you look at their XG, they're still top three, top four in terms of their attacking output throughout the whole season. So I think it really makes sense to prioritize bringing in at least one of their attackers. And then there's a decision to make. Do you back their defense? And, you know, looking at today versus their uh, champion league matchup with Real Madrid, should that skew our thoughts? Because the world-class team hung five goals on them and gave them an absolute thrashing but, you know, they're going to play, what, Crystal Palace and um, and who else are they playing? Wolves. Crystal Palace Wolves. and Wolves, right? Those teams are nowhere near the caliber and, uh, you know, attacking side that Real Madrid is. So what are your thoughts first on bringing in Sala? And then secondarily, uh, we can talk about some of the other attacking assets before we get to the defense. I think bringing, bringing in Sala is, I don't want to call it essential. No player is essential, right? But I think the way our, most of our teams are set up, you either have a Bruno or you have a De Bruyne uh, who actually just picked up an illness this week. So that's a, such an easy move, right? Such an easy move to go from Bruno or De Bruyne to Salah. So I, I don't see the the reason why not. He's going to be on penalties 90 minutes. You know, they need to win, right? So they need to keep winning in the league. The champ, I mean, I don't want to say Champions League is done, but it's going to be hard to qualify after being down 3-0 right so you're going to need to keep fighting they have a chance for top four still uh so i don't think he's going to miss a single a single minute in the double game week like you said it's it's less it's not the real madrid defense even though he scored today but it is uh it is two defenses that have allowed some chance especially crystal palace wolves are so hit or miss i think they always play well against liverpool which is just weird uh, but they don't play well against other teams uh, so it's such an easy move, and you get an extra fixture out of them. Uh, might be two if you get that double game week. If you get game week 28 concluded, it might be two extra fixtures. So I think Salah is a, a no-brainer for most teams. I, I agree with you. Like The KDB to Salah move is was very easy in my head, but now that he's also flagged with an illness, KDB didn't travel. Um, much like Bucks on this pod, he didn't travel. Uh, to his his matchup, <laughs> and he won't be featuring in Champions League tomorrow. So uh, it's a no-brainer to bring in Salah. Liverpool, 
you know, they, their attack looked pretty solid in the first half, and then they actually just got just railed, just absolutely crushed in the second half today versus Real Madrid. But, you know, looking at my my uh, random team that I have in UCL fantasy, he put up an uh, assist and a goal, good output for, for fantasy. So he'll continue to tick along. And I think with Salah, the big thing is he's going to play 90 minutes, right? You see Klopp rotating Darwin, rotating Gakpo, maybe 65 minutes to bring in Bobby Chompers and bring in the likes of Jota, who is still a couple of weeks away, probably from having fitness to be able to start. And so you want to have those, those minutes, right? There's a world where you could see somebody like Gakpo, who is, you know, rounding into form, he's getting settled in, in the Liverpool side, but he could start one match, play 65 minutes, and then he could play 25 minutes in the next match like you you don't know and so I love the ability to get Salah in your team pretty easily and make sure that you have those expected minutes and Lord have mercy they could get one penalty he's I can't believe Liverpool hasn't earned a single penalty that's yet that's they have a top attack from the from the numbers perspective so maybe some variance uh, will, will come our way for Salah owners this week yeah, that's the fact that he hasn't gotten a penalty has been has been insane. Uh, but like you said, I mean, he he can look like he's not doing anything, and he can pop up with a goal and assist, give you twelve points in the one game. He might give you an assist, uh, you know, an appearance point in the next game. That boom, seventeen, sixteen points week, and you're happy. So it doesn't take much um, for him to even pay off the hit. For example, if you do take a hit to get him, I think he yep. like if the minutes are there, penalties, everything, all that good stuff. I think the hardest part is picking up the next, right? The the Darwin, the Gogpos, figuring out and for me are back. And they might not look like they, they're ready to start, but you know, they the minutes are there. They're gonna give him 20, 30, and that takes away um that takes away from, from the minutes late in the match where you usually see most of the goals scored. So that's that's worrisome. That's worrisome for sure. Yeah, you'd like uh Nunez to play a full ninety and get some matchups against some tired legs of their opponents. But, you know, when I look at ranking Nunez over the likes of Gakpo, I think it's really important because he's just gobbles up those big chances. And even though he misses a ton of them, uh, it's he's definitely an exciting asset to own. So I, I would not fault anybody for going for him. Now, would I transfer Kane out for him? Like that's that's a really tough call, right? Because a lot of managers have three forwards up top and so you're either going to have to like make a move of your third striker of like a Mitro for example and move him up which is still going to be a full kind of two million or you're gonna have to downgrade elsewhere like a cane and so you know what are your thoughts between those two types of situations that managers may find themselves in yeah so I think if you can upgrade Mitrovic to Darwin's probably a no-brainer, right? Like, you got to do it. Mitra has been so inconsistent, uh, missing penalties, you know, missing games. <laughs> not Ugh. available. So he, he's just been been a, a big – one of the biggest trolls since um, – I wrote about this today, but he's been one of the biggest trolls since game week 17. It's just been absolutely awful owning him. Yep. Uh, have, have you owned him? Oh yes, I owned him. I got him in the double game week. I captained him, and ever since then, it's been it's been hell. But I transferred <laughs> Darwin out for him. So I think I would do that one. That was pretty, you know, pretty straightforward. The Kane one itself, like you said, it's Kane has been one of the most consistent assets all season. He probably doesn't have the high ceiling as other um, 
as most people want so, someone that is that expensive to to be you know since i think he's only had what two double digit holes around there but he always sticks along so his floor is really high you know his his floor yeah. is one of the highest of all the the premiums because you always see him with the seven eight nine you know around there and then you transfer him out for someone like darwin who you know is a headache in the sense that he misses all these chances but he can also pop up with a a nice goal like we saw today and it's two game weeks essentially you might get two extra fixtures over Kane if Dar- if Liverpool play in game week uh 28 because you get the double game week and now so I think it depends on the type of manager where you are in rank I feel like if you're chasing rank I wouldn't mind doing it I think it's a good strategy to just take the chance you know if you really want to push to like top 50k top 10k you, you just gotta do it at that point because Kane is highly owned. Some people that are up there are going to be too scared to sell him for that reason alone because of the rank. Uh, so this is where you make your gains. I think if if you really want to chase that, I would do it. If not, if you're up there in the ranks, I think I would I'd probably not take the hit to take him out. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And when we're looking ahead, you know, Tottenham does have, they have Chelsea, then they play Wolves and NFO. So those are some solid matchups, but they're pretty much, guaranteed the uh the blank in 28 whereas when you look at right. nunez he has a chance of possibly uh featuring so you know the the bookies odds are that liverpool will likely blank as well in 28 but it i think you're right like it depends what kind of manager you are if you're trying to chase you know rank or chasing your mini league now's the time because wild card isn't going to be too far away and you can recalibrate your team and get him back uh you know later if you need so um cool man let's let's t- shift gears and talk about the defense over at liverpool so a couple clean sheets in the league the last two against 10 men after pope's like crazy um you know red card I haven't crazy. seen something like that before <laughs> um so that that was that was you know gonna skew the results of what we were hoping for was gonna be a really good match so you know looking at taa rabo maybe even vvd you know would you rank those pl- pretty clear cut based on where their prices are at yeah i think i think you have to i think i think uh you know taa is definitely the best one i think rob was not a far second so i don't think it's that you know it, you know what he can do in last year at the end of last season he was definitely outperforming him for the rest the second half of the season uh, and I think this season also he he's been outperforming him in terms of uh in terms of performances. The only thing that worries me about Robertson is that he they have such a clear backup and Simicas there right that like can come in and take some minutes. Uh, and then on the other side on Trent it's like you don't really have that right. You can have Milner, you can have Joe Gomez who had an awful game today. Is he really gonna trust him there? You know it's it's less clear cut. So I do think Trent is the best pick and then Robo close second. I, I think Van Dyke is definitely the, the last one to go for. Uh yeah, and looking looking at the prices right now, you know, you have TAA, he's seven point three, whereas Robo is six point eight. So depending on your team structure, you might need that uh that savings of half a mil. But just watching the games and like from a creativity standpoint, you're gonna see Trent put in those spectacular passes and it's gonna be much more fun owning somebody like Trent who will also take a couple, you know, free kicks throughout the the games and again his minutes are are 90, right? We're never going to see 
if Milner comes in and starts at right back, I will eat my hat, as they say. Like he's he's trash. We can't have him featuring uh, as a starting yeah. right back ever. He's a stopgap guy coming off the bench when they need to uh, give the other guys a blow. But I think TAA definitely a, a top asset. So now the question is for people who have some flexibility, you know, would you rank TAA or Nunez higher in terms of priority to bring in? And is it really like, is either like you're doubling down on Liverpool attack or you're diversifying and hoping that maybe Liverpool get a clean versus two pretty abysmal uh, attacks. Yeah, that's very, very, yeah, that's just the demo I'm having, for example, that who am I going to prioritize? Um, I've been toying with the idea of bringing Trent in because he's more, he's going to be more of a differential than Darwin. So I kind of want to make my gains that way. And he's more, he's going to get more minutes than Darwin. Um, Darwin's probably going to get subbed out 60th, especially with that nursing shoulder injury. You never know. Jota can play some minutes uh, on the left. And then they have Gap with Firmino. So I think if anyone gets rested, it will be more likely to be Darwin than uh, Trent. But it's a very close call. I still I still think I, I'd rather have Trent, even though their defense has been Horrible. Like you said, they're not playing Real Madrid every week, right? So Yeah, exactly. They have a high chance of, I think, from a minutes per XG conceded perspective, I think, or XG um, generated, I think what well, Crystal Palace and Wolves are probably top three of the worst ones. So their attack doesn't really do that much. Having two assets from Liverpool will be very exciting for this game week. So you want to have an attacker and I would probably rate again TA over Nunez. It just depends on what your appetite is for, for risk. Um, but the, the yeah. minutes, right. The minutes are such a big deal because like you look at a game like today, you know, maybe Nunez scores a goal, right. And then let's say he goes off in the 54th minute, 58th minute, he's only going to be on five points. Right. Whereas, you know, TA, he's going to play the whole game, has a chance at the clean could very likely get an assist. And his floor just seems to be very close to what Nunez's is as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I I just miss having T.A. in my squad as well. He's such a mainstay of the last like three seasons. Right. So I want to rekindle an old flame with him and, and get him back in my side. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Same way I'm thinking about it. And I. I just like I'm worried. I'm worried that even if, for example, Liverpool are struggling like a 0-0 game, right? 0-0 game, Trent has the clean sheet still, but they haven't generated that many chances. I would be scared that Klopp wants to switch things up in the 55th minute and boom, brings in Jota for for, me, for Darwin, brings in Gapko for, for or Firmino for Gapko. Yep. Those yep, things definitely. can happen. It wouldn't happen the other way. Even if they're down 2-0, Trent will still be on. Yeah, that's definitely a game script we've seen before and could easily happen in this double where they're going to have a couple days rest in between. All right, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and answer some community questions. We'll be right back. And we're back. We have FPL Paz with us to help answer some community questions. But before that, we're just going to go through a quick kind of PSA, a little public service announcement for those who are looking at 
the blank game week 28 coming up. And then also some news from Ben Krellen and the Premier League on the big double game week 29 that just came through the pipeline. So going to speak slowly. You're just going to go through a top level, kind of a 20,000 foot view. But what we know about blank game week 28 is that there are a number of teams that will 100% be playing. Right now, that includes Everton, Crystal Palace, Arsenal, Villa, Forest, Bournemouth, Chelsea, and Newcastle. So it's important to keep that in mind when you're looking at making some of these fringe transfers this game week 25. So for example, Tarkowski is a very, very uh, top commodity this game week because he not only doubles in 25, he's also going to play in 28. And so it's just good to have that sense of some of the players that you might be able to use not only in this game week, but down the line as well. Now, with that being said, chip strategies are all up in the air, and we're going to cover that with Bucks in another podcast down the line here, probably very soon once we get some more FA Cup results, which will happen um, you know, around game week 26. So for now, we also want to just drop in some knowledge from uh, the double game week 29 perspective where we're going to have a number of doubles, and this is probably going to be the largest double game week of the season. So looking at double game week 29, we're going to have doubles for Villa, Brentford, Brighton, Bournemouth, Chelsea, Leeds, Leicester. Ooh, I got to catch my breath. Liverpool, Manchester United, Newcastle, Forest, and West Ham. So massive, massive double. And that was going to be a crux of a lot of chip strategy that we'll talk about again later. But looking at these large double game weeks, you know, 34 and 37 will also be double game weeks, but they'll be smaller than 29. So based on this news, has you know what are you thinking in terms of just top level what your strategy might be or have you even given any thought yet uh not really as many as much so i mean just kind of following people on twitter you know like you said it's like a quick just general knowledge of it i just think so much is dependent until we won't know until that the fa cup results it's just dependent that probably dictate um what chip strategy will be like for me i think if yeah, i get more, sure. like two two liverpool players this week and they play in 28 then it, I would have a good, you know, I can roll out a good team that week. I've been looking at the popular ones like Wildcard 27, Free Hit 28, Bench with 29, or Free Hit 29, Wildcard 33, Bench with 34. I don't know if I like the latter one just because it. I don't like waiting that long to use my second Wildcard. I usually yeah, use the round yeah, 28. It just depends. I, I want to see after the, the results, see where I lean. Um, but if, it's good to have a general idea, like you guys stated, just a general idea of, of what to look out for. Um, just know the risk involved in every single transfer that you make, like bringing in, if you bring three Liverpool players in and, you know, they don't play in 28, then you might have to use your free hit. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So again, our recommended strategy over the last couple episodes has been building your team until this blank game week 25. And so hopefully you have not activated your free hit chip and you'll be able to use that potentially for 28 or 29, depending on how, um, you know, you want to play it. But again, we'll have more information once the FA Cup ties come in. In general, like Bucks and I are very pro using your free hit in a double game week to kind of maximize the potential variance in high scores versus using it in a blank where you're going to have in general, like shittier teams with less upside uh, for FPL. So uh, it's, it's definitely a tricky one, but we'll 
continue to keep our listeners posted on what our recommended strategy there is after we get the results from 26. So now let's uh, let's break into our community questions and the mailbag that we have from our Twitter and uh, our Twitter community. So a lot of new questions have been asked from uh, you know some of the followers of Paz. So we're super excited to have them kind of engage with us on Twitter. And so let's start with uh, a former host of this uh, podcast from a guest perspective, FPL Black Wolf, and then also FPL and Cafe asks a question for Paz. You know, is Salah essential for this blank slash double game week 25 in your opinion? And even if it requires a team overhaul, and so maybe a minus four, minus eight to get him in, you know, what are your thoughts here on Salah? I know we've talked about him a little bit, but want to get your your question answered um, in this section. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, like I mentioned before, I think Salah is as close to essential as we're going to get in this game week. I think chasing the upside is, is you know, needed for, for gaining a break. And then the easy moves from Bruno to Salah or KDB to Salah are, are just there to be had. So I think if, even if it requires a team overhaul, I think I'll do it for minus four. Uh, for example, I don't have Bruno nor KDB, so I have Mares. Uh, essentially, it's I, I would essentially do an overhaul to get Salah, but I think I'm gonna do it for a minus four, especially okay. if captaincy comes into the into the mix, right? If you think he's the best captain, then that hit is is lessened just because you're gonna captain him. Uh, so I think he is essential. Um, especially if he's gonna, if you're gonna captain him, I don't think I'll do a minus eight for him though. Okay, so looking at your team, do you have Harry Kane? Is that where you're gonna find the funds to upgrade yeah. Mares? So I do have Kane. Uh, yeah, so I, I I have Kane. Uh, I could probably do Mares to Sal and then do I think maybe Shaw to Tarkowski. So I could keep Kane essentially. Uh, so it just depends where I go. With that, gotcha, where I gotcha. want that second Liverpool. All right, that's a good tease when we talk about transfer plans later uh, in that section of the pod. But yeah, we agree that that Salah is a great choice this week and somebody that, again, when you look at his effective ownership as well, that's what makes him a, a good captaincy option for me in terms of chasing rank. Right now, less than like seven percent in the top ten k, maybe even in like the band that I'm in, the four hundred k area is like five percent so he is very attractive in terms of captaincy and you know some people will have to make multiple moves to get him whereas if you have somebody like kdb easy swap and definitely somebody i'd want for this double game week all right next up fpl barrister has been ranting on twitter that he's just going to go all <laughs> in on liverpool attack um this guy's a top lad i actually met him at the always cheating event in Brooklyn uh, earlier this year we weren't able to watch any footy because the queen passed away but uh, still it was fun to hang out and have a have a drink with him and talk uh, with some other FPL managers so he's wondering what the ideal triple up on Liverpool is so let's just you know rank them you know what is what would your top three be yeah so I think uh, top three would definitely be Salah number one I think Trent number two and then Darwin number three. I think uh, that would be my ideal one if I could do it. It's, it's a popular move that a lot of people are doing with, with a minus four, especially ones that have a lot of team value. 
uh, built up that they can afford that that Darwin or or a trend, right? Because some people are just a little short, so they have to take some discounts, like going for Robertson instead. Um, so I think those will be my first three. Uh, but I think getting Salah is a priority, and then the other two, I would rank, you know, Trent first ahead of Nunez, and then you know, right behind Nunez just because of the minutes. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think if you are going to push it to the limit, push it to the limit and go for somebody, um, go for a team that has a triple up of Liverpool, you're really, really hoping that they feature in 28. Because if you have the triple up, again, like it it, it could pay yeah. off now, but just know that you might have to burn an extra four to deal with your blank game week 28 team if Liverpool does not feature. So just something to keep in mind, but the upside is definitely there. And these are two really great fixtures. I mean, historically, if this was last season, we would be all over Liverpool triple up with these, um, you know, Crystal Palace and Wolves fixtures. So uh, definitely something to go for if you're especially, again, looking to be differential and chase some rank. All right, next question we have is from the likes of FPL Hunt. He wants to know, you know, if you're on free hit this week and have already popped that chip, you know, who is the best one-week enabler, especially in the midfield? Some players that he mentioned are Sarabia, McNeil, Bowen, etc. So uh, what are your thoughts here? And just assuming that if they're on free hit, they're going to have triple Arsenal and triple Liverpool. So let's eliminate those from the answer selection and go with some potential differentials. Yeah, I think I've seen a lot of uh, discussion about like McNeil and and, um, and Sarabia. I just don't know how... Um, how much I trust those attacks. Um, I think yeah, like, 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 hit, like is the, is the double even worth it? Like, or is it actually like the value of like 125% of that player's output versus getting like a quality player with a single game week in your free hit team that could maybe score double digits. Right. I think that's like the, the crux of a free hit and looking at um, these, you know, types of lower tier table teams. Exactly. So I think um, on a free hit, I probably would uh, think Bowen might be the best one there. Interesting. I think not that long ago he had a, what, let me just triple check, but he had a, what, 16-pointer, I guess, Everton in game week 21. So I don't think the other players have that hall potential in them, right? So you want to maximize the, uh, you want to maximize your, your points with that free hit. So I think you should just swing for the fences and hope that he can get that, again, that 16-pointer like he did against Everton in, in game week 21, I think. Then I will probably go for, I think, that one's tough. So I think after that, probably Saravia, um, just because I think he has an easier one, right? Everton played Arsenal away, so that's just very tough in and of itself. You know, at least Saravia against Liverpool can get something. Yeah. Um, I mean, just, just thinking like macro, like thinking about Everton, they're a Sean Deitch team. Like what, what are, what are we talking about here? McNeil, we've seen him for years under Burnley and uh, Deitch and like that didn't amount to much. I, I would not get excited unless you really truly need like that player. That's 5.5 and under to enable your free hit team, but with your bench and some cheap options, like you should be able to hopefully put more money into your starting 11 on a free hit and so stretching, like you said, to a Bowen, 
who is going to have an easy fixture here versus Forrest or looking at somebody like even Mares, right? Mares just got his rest. If yeah. I was on free hit, I would kind of love to have Mares. Like he can pop up with double digits in any match he plays. He just got a full rest. Um, obviously, we'll wait to see and see what he does during Champions League. But those are the types of players like chasing the double digit upside if you can. And I, I would rather do that. And I mean, how many times have we fallen into the double game week trap where you go for all these kind of crappier, less quality double game week players, they get you four or five points, whereas a single game week player on a quality team who has that potential gets 12 points. And you're just like, you know, you, you get attracted like a like a fly to that bright light and get burned easily. Exactly. All right. All right. Next up, let's talk about, uh, you know, Frank Espinosa wants to know what the best option of Wolverhampton players are and if it's even necessary to get one for this double game week. So uh, I think we can pretty much eliminate their attack. It's very unpredictable, very abysmal, lots of rotation in terms of their minutes. So it's really kind of between a couple players and that was Dawson and Kilman. Dawson is 4.8. He just came in the January transfer window. And then Kilman has been a mainstay at 4.4. Those are those are decent options. I mean, um, you know, is there anybody else? Or how would you uh, assess Wolves for this double? Yeah, I think those are the only two options. I think I will rank Kilman ahead of Dawson just because of value, right? You don't want to, you don't want to spend 0.4 when you can use it somewhere else just because for some attacking threat when you can you probably use that 0.4 later down the line to upgrade um to another right another player so i think i would go kilman um just to, if, if i really had to choose between the two of them uh you're probably going to transfer this player out anyways and i think they're gonna you know probably not gonna play in in game week um according to the bookies all they're not gonna play in game week uh 28 so right i'll just go for the cheaper one and and call it a day i'm not attracted to any of the attacking options so I'll be fine ignoring the team, honestly. Yeah, and they have two away matches as well, right? It's not even like you get a home exactly. match versus Fulham. That Fulham match is away, and that's not easy based on the form that Fulham's been in the season. Then you have Liverpool away, which is a disaster typically um, from a defensive perspective. So I, I would stay clear. It just makes it so much easier. Just go with Tark. You know, that's where the meta is. Everybody's going to have Tarkowski. Um, but at 4.3, he's less expensive than those two players at Wolves too. So, and probably honestly, like more nailed, um, plus the attacking threat. So just ignore Wolves and just grab yeah. Tarkowski if you're in need of a cheap defender. Don't let, don't let Black Wolf hear you say that. So just do it, <laughs> do it, un, do it undercover. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I always like to slander uh, Dan, aka FPL Black Wolf, a little bit because uh, he's he's had a he's had a, a tough ride with his uh, his squad lately. I mean, that that loss to Bournemouth this weekend is just it's kind of pathetic. Um, you know, it it was a it was a pretty fortunate goal to go off of Tavernier's thigh into the net for a one zero victory. But you know, Wolves they struggle to create anything offensively and. Uh, it's, if they go down one nil, I would not be putting any money on them to tie it back up and get into uh, into the game. So um, cool. Let's let's ask. Um, let's answer one more question. Corey Cummings asks, what are your thoughts on attacking this double game week versus eyeing the next couple of game weeks to come? Are we too hyper focused on the double game week players? For instance, people want to 
level up and get three Liverpool players, but then they play United in game week 26. So you could be in a situation where you have three Liverpool players playing your two players from United in what could really be, who knows how that fixture could be. It could be cagey. It could be three, two. Uh, so it's, it's really hard to predict. So are we falling into a trap by going for, um, you know, multiple double game week players or should we, you know, maybe be a little bit more conservative and look towards, for example, having a little bit more funds in the bank for double game week 27, which is around the corner too. But also try to get the main pieces, right? You don't have to get every single double game week player, but the ones that are essential, the ones that you think can give you the most points, like the Darwin, the Trent, you know, Asala, Saka, that you don't have, like those players you should uh, prioritize because they could make up the, the hits that you take. But don't prioritize, like you said, Wolves or, or when we talk about Everton. Like, try to prioritize the ones that can give you the most upside. Just because if you're going to want to take them out in game week, double game week 27, you want that that transfer to pay off. Uh, I don't think we're too hyper-focused. I think just having a good balance. Don't take too many hits. If you're taking a minus eight, I think it's too much. Just play around with a minus four um, on it. You know, if you are taking a minus eight, just have – uh, other game weeks in mind and know, know the risk that if you go on three Liverpool, you know, you might have to freehand in game week uh, 28. So just keep an open mind in those type of things. Yeah, I think when we're looking at the last question, FPL Rock just asked, you know, how many hits is too much? I think we're both aligned. Like a minus four would be very ideal. Uh, anything more than that gets a, a bit choppy to make up those points. Uh, with that being said, you know, it's team dependent. If you have six blankers, like you're going to need to address those and and maybe take a, a drastic minus eight. Hopefully most managers have rolled their transfer. Like you said, it was like a very boring game week because nobody was really bringing in new friends into their team um, last week. But this one, try and take a minus four and just know that like you can just field nine or 10 men as well this game week, as long as you have, again, covering off the the Sokka's, Salas, those nailing captaincy between one of those two would be huge for this week. But like I have Bueno, I'm going to roll them out and hope to get like three points. You know, like that that's fine for me this week, but taking a hit to move Bueno to like somebody else, it doesn't make sense. And not something that I want to like invest funds into some of these like lesser uh, quality players as well. We're going to jump into a quick break here, our last one of the pod, and then we're going to come back with transfer plans and captaincy shouts. And we're back. Transfer plans and captaincy shouts. We're going to start with our fallen soldier in Mr. Bucks. He's currently looking at a minus four this week, and he's going to possibly move KDB, Martinelli, and Botman to Saka, Gakpo, and Tarkowski with Saka captained. So interesting that he's going to be fading Sala in this upcoming double game week, but he really wants to have Saka over Martinelli in long term. That seems like a great hold. Saka is just going to trickle on to 180 plus points, I think, this season. So um, something that I probably would have done a couple of weeks ago, Bucks is finally getting around to. So he's hoping that Gakpo can hopefully get a, another tap in or uh, it's a great team goal. You know, I think Gakpo is not my kind of cup of tea to go for based on his minutes, but 
you know, he definitely has the potential to get you 10 points between the two games, and that's pretty solid at his 7.8 million price tag. And Saka captain is going to be super popular. He's, you know, across the overall game, 33% owned. That ownership is going to go even higher. And, uh, you know, he's he's a good option. He's going to trickle. I don't think Saka really has the huge propensity for that 16-pointer. Um, we haven't seen that very often when you look at his game log versus somebody historically like Salah. So um, definitely some some interesting captaincy options this week. It's mainly between those two guys moving forward. So, all right, Paz, let's take a look at your team. Breakdown for the listeners, what you're thinking, kind of how many free transfers you have at the moment, and uh, if you're uh, stashed with cash. Yeah, so I have two free transfers going into the game. I have a 3.4, I think, in the bank. Should be 3.4. Um, so I still, nice, I'm, already nice. set, I'm already set with my triple arsenal that I like. You know, I wish um, White could be Gabriel, but that's just a luxury move at this point, so I wouldn't be doing that. Yeah, um, yeah, Patterson's an issue. I have Patterson with an issue. I have Aki, who's an issue. I have Mitrovic, who's an issue. Um, and... I want to get Salah in as a top priority. So right now I'm looking at for sure doing Mares, uh to Salah, right? Because I, I think it's he's the only uh, kind of midfielder that I want to sell. I could sell Rashford, but I kind of want him longer term than Mares. So I think it's going to be Mares to Salah. And then I think I have to find some funds there. So it's between selling um, whatever I want to take a hit. So I could sell uh, just Morris to Salah and then I could do Shaw to Tarkowski for free and just leave it at that. Um, not bad, I not could bad. Also do, I could also do Kane down to Darwin, um, Morris to Salah, and then I could do, for example, Shaw to Tarkowski again or a player like that. I think I can do also three of them for, for Robertson. I could do Trent Trippier to Trent, Morris to Salah, Kane to Darwin, but I think I'm point one short. Oh, of course, of course. Bag. Always, always yeah. point one short of your dream moves. Right. And that's that's like the crux of it. I think I, I missed Amara's price price last week. I was really weighing the options. I didn't know where to or two weeks ago. I didn't know what to go for him or not. So that point one would have been helpful. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, those are the, 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 game, the plans I'm looking for. Uh, I think I want to captain uh, Sala this week. I think one good thing, you know, one one thing that you mentioned that I really like is that Saka really doesn't have that haul potential. I mean, he can haul any minute. I can, we're probably going to re- look back at the podcast and he's going to get like a 15-pointer, <laughs> but he only, I think he only has one double-digit haul all season. I was double-checking that, and I think it's, it's his highest one is 15 against Liverpool. But other than that, he's just like Kane. He takes a long, fine, solid in captaincy, which is why I'm not afraid to take a hit since he's going to cover that that for the captaincy. And I wish I can go for all three of the Liverpool guys, but I think I'm going to just uh, have to make that decision between Trent and, and Darwin, uh, which I think I'm leaning towards Trent. And then for Kane, I would probably go to Joel Felix or I could do Ollie Watkins. I'm not sure which one's more exciting. I think Felix is more exciting. Uh, Watkins has kind of been a troll uh, in the past for me, so <laughs> I'm not sure if I want to go back there. Hey, four, four goals and four. So he's, he's definitely an option. Um, exactly. So look, exactly. <laughs> looking, looking at this as well, like again, just pulling up on live FPL, the ownership in your tier rank, like you're having a pretty solid season. You're 122 K right now. The ownership 
between 100 and 200K of Salah is 5%, right? So captaining him is even a bigger differential, whereas a lot more managers in your rank are going to have somebody like Saka because he's cheaper. Looking at Saka in your rank tier and range, 57% owned, right? So it's a much bigger upside to go with Salah and then as a differential in your tier as you try and climb up. So I, I like those shouts. Um, it looks like you're you're in a good position. So I also have Mitrovic before we pivot to my team. So I think that is <laughs> something that we should chat about. Like, do we think he's going to play? Marco Silva is usually just absolutely rubbish with his pressers. <laughs> and we haven't gotten a ton of information out of him before. Sometimes when we think Mitro might be fit to play, he's benched other times when he comes on. For, I think he had his 15 pointer this season when everybody like benched him or sold him. And then he comes on and, and does that. So, you know, he's kind of a, a big issue, honestly. And he's been in my side since the restart and has been, you know, just terrible. So what are you going to do if we get news that he is going to be out? What would you do if Mitrovic is actually ruled out and is not going to feature this game week? Would you focus using a, a hit to move him on to somebody else? Uh, you know, what, what's the scenario there? Yeah, so at that point, I think I would have to address it and figure out a way of getting Salah. Um, Salah will be non-negotiable for me. He's coming in for sure. Uh, but then I would focus on how to approach the Mitrovic and keeping Kane at that point, right? Because Kane would take along just fine. Uh, so yeah, I will probably shift towards um, towards dealing with that before because I need eleven players or ten players at least, right? So I, I Patterson's not gonna count. I'm lucky if I get a one pointer out of him. So I think I think I would have to deal with him some way at that point. Uh, not really sure how, but I think I could probably do uh, Mitrovic to like. Um, Felix, then Morris to Salah and Shaw to Tarkowski. So I can do that as well uh, and, and yeah, keep solid. it going that way. Yeah, but that's you, pretty like solid. Said, I, if he's out, I'm, I'm, I think I'm, I have to sell him. He, it, it's just, you know, it's, it's a big, a big week and he cannot just sit there on the bench for someone like Patterson. Right. Yeah. And, you know, we have news that, you know, Chelsea will play in 28. So that's helpful with Jao Felix. I think we also look at a team like, yeah, Holly Watkins, he's going to play in 28. So you're bringing those players in who are going to feature later on as well. So that definitely helps. Um, I think another player that I would possibly eye if I had to make like a last minute downgrade is even Iannaccio. I think he's been playing a lot better in the Leicester attack recently. And I think he's pretty nailed right now, just in terms of his link up play with Barnes and with Madison. So, you know, if you, if you need funds to go down, I think he would be the top target. Whereas you'll have to go up to, um, you know, Mitrovic up to Watkins or up to Jao Felix. So all good options. All right, man, you think, uh, you think you're in a good spot. So let's just pivot to my team before we get out of here. I also am blessed with a ton of money in the bank. So thankfully uh, that's, that's something that I have, I think 2.9 million in the bank right now. So really I'm going to move KDB to Salah. That's a no brainer. And then I'm really between going for Nunez in for Mitrovic or bringing in TAA for probably Shaw or a Kanji. And then, you know, do I take a hit to free up funds and just bring in Tarkowski for somebody like a Kanji who's been an absolute disaster, you know, transferring in. Um, you know, those, those are my thoughts at the moment. 
really kind of hinges on what we see in Champions League. Um, you know, if Kanji's on the bench again or if he starts, I, I don't think it matters. I think I've, that's probably been a mistake that I just have to rectify. So I think I'm looking at a minus four and doing Shaw to TAA, KDB to Sala, and then a Kanji to Tarkowski is what I'm looking at and just hoping that Mitrovic plays. But uh, we'll we'll have more news, you know, and pressers closer. Thankfully, the Fulham and Wolves game is the first game of the game right. week starting on Friday, right? So hopefully we get early news and that would really be helpful. So I'll be ignoring all price rises until then and, and deal with it later. But uh, excited for this double game week. You know, I think there's going to be some big scores and hopefully we'll see uh, our players really deliver in a big way. Yeah, hopefully, man. I, mean, I think that swing of Saka versus uh, Salah is going to play a big, big role. So if you can nail that, uh, I think it's going to be a good week, even if you have 10 players. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'm right now I'm on Salah, uh, again, for captaincy, just because of the ownership in my ranked tier of 400K. So uh, awesome. All right. Well, let's tell listeners where they can find you on Twitter and uh, what else you're involved with, and then we'll get out of here. Yeah, so thanks for having me again, guys. It was it's super fun talking FPO. You know, you guys are doing a great job uh, in the community. I always see you guys uh, posting relevant information, allowing smaller accounts to grow, which is great. Uh, so you guys can find me at, oh, at FPO Paz on, uh, on Twitter. I'm also involved with All About FPO, just writing some blog posts for them. I've done some for the uh, Fantasy Football Scout community area as well. I Every week I post a buy them, sell them article uh, or thread on Twitter going over the best players to buy and sell at each position. So I know some people are now making goalkeeper transfers, but you never know this week. You might want to see <laughs> who's the best goalkeeper to get or who's the best forward to get. You know, I, I try to highlight the buy of the week if I had to pick one and who to sell. So I try to do that. And those are uh, mostly it. I try to also be involved in the Spanish or Hispanic FPL community. So I do a podcast with um with Fantasy Football Cuba. Uh, every It comes out every Thursday. Uh, they're great guys. So I'm also there if any of you are into um, or want to get involved in the Hispanic community. Just um, let me know and we can just add you in that area as well, which is a lesser, lesser known for sure. Amazing, amazing. Well, make sure to check out FPL Paz. He's obviously a busy guy and he's got great information. So uh, thanks again for joining us, especially with Bucks coming down with the sniffles. Uh, you've been a great guest and we're, <laughs> we're, we're thankful for you uh, coming on the pod. He's looking like Mitrovic. We don't know what, what the managers <laughs> are going to say. That's right. That's Perfect. right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. Until next time and best of luck to all of our listeners out there in the FPL community. Thanks for engaging with us on Twitter. Keep those questions coming and hopefully we'll all be back with Green Arrows next week. Cheers. Cheers.